it's really nice to uh, speak on a morning when everyone's had an extra hour of sleep. Shouldn't be too many people falling asleep this morning. You know, I, I had my father-in-law, he's now with the Lord, he, he would sit about right there and he would close his eyes sometimes and, and uh, fall asleep. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm so at peace with God here, I'm just, I'm just relaxing. <laughs> it was such a great man. You know, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed... Uh, what our decorators do on Sunday morning. And, uh, yeah. I, I love the symbolism behind it because, you know, trees that are deeply rooted usually stay pretty healthy. And, and so do followers of Christ who are deeply rooted in Christ stay pretty healthy. And, you know, to the symbolism up here today, I've added another piece of art here, just to your right here. This usually hangs in my office if you're up there, you can't see it, so don't bend over the balcony at the moment. To, um, it's a beautiful work of art that shows a really flourishing tree with great roots. And of course, the whole theme of our series is staying deeply rooted in Jesus. So I have a real appreciation for decorators and artists. Well, two weeks ago, we began a series of messages entitled Deeply Rooted, as imprinted on that cross there. Christ's great work was on a cross. And of course, uh, Paul wrote a letter, a letter to a church in Colossae, and we call it Colossians. And Colossae is actually in the country of modern-day Turkey. I would love to go there someday, and... uh, I'd love to go there when they start excavating the mound there. Dave talked about that. They showed a slide of the mound. They haven't started digging there. What are they going to find? It'd be so fun if they found some remnants of a church there. Well, anyways, this short letter, you know, doesn't take long to read. I always give you times how long it takes you to read something. Well, it's 11 minutes, Anthony. You reminded me. I always give times. So it only takes 11 minutes to read this beautiful little letter. So I just encourage you not to do it every day, but at least every week as we go through Colossians this month. And I'm just really praying that we'll just really live into all that's being said in this beautiful letter. Friends, there's so much in this letter about who Jesus is and what he has accomplished for us and then how in turn we are to respond to all that he's done for us and who he is. And I just really want us to enter into that. So today, friends, we're looking now at chapter 1, verse 24, to chapter 2, verse 5. It's 14 verses today. And um, just before I read it here, and we're going to read it twice this morning, so we want it really to sink in. Uh, But I'd like to, first of all, summarize, by way of application, what I've heard God saying to me over these last two weeks now, I have a little bit of an advantage over some of you because I get to read Dave's sermons, usually on Thursday, sometimes Friday morning, and then I get to hear him preach it three times. So that's four times for each message. So it should be sinking in, right? <laughs> so in a very personal way, I just want to summarize now what I heard God saying to me over these last two weeks. So I'll use my name a few times here. Harry. Faith that looks up to God and love that reaches out to others 
And hope that looks forward to all that God has for us is so incredibly important. And as you know, Harry, love is the greatest of these virtues. So make sure you make love your aim wherever you go. Harry, the gospel of Jesus has changed your life, and it continues to change your life, so keep holding fast to Jesus. Harry, it's always good to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will so that you can live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So keep asking me every day, and as you do, you will be led into a more fruitful life, a growing knowledge of God's will, and of God himself, first-hand experience of his strength, endurance, and a heart that's full with gratitude. And Harry, never forget that you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his son. That was the first sermon. Week two. Harry, you must live under the loving leadership of Jesus. Give him preeminence in your life. You were created by him and for him. Yes, all things were created. Even things you cannot see were created by him. Furthermore, he holds all things together, and he's the one who holds the church together. And most importantly, Harry, it was Jesus who reconciled you to the Father through his work on the cross. For these reasons and many more, It's always in your best interest to live under his loving leadership. Allow him to be preeminent in your life. This is what I heard God saying to me through the first 23 verses of this letter, of this God-breathed letter. And now today, let's open our hearts to see what God would say to us through this next passage of Scripture. So let me read it. If you have your Bibles... Keep them open to chapter 1, verse 24, right through to 2, 5. Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ or perfect in Christ. To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now this morning I would like to continue in the same manner in which I began this message today by sharing with you seven things that I hear God teaching me through this passage of Scripture. 
And uh, as I do, I, I will hopefully give enough explanation to substantiate, to substantiate what I'm taking away from this passage of Scripture. So let me begin. Once again, verse 24. Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. And when you read that, you say, really? <laughs> Someone's rejoicing in suffering? Well, that's what Paul did. And I fill up in my flesh, he says, what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. Here's what I hear God saying to me through this verse. Harry, be willing to suffer, or at the very least, endure some hardship for the good of the church. As you well know, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. Whether in Rome or Ephesus, I cannot say for sure, but he's in chains. And Harry, you also know, by reading 2 Corinthians, this man suffered intensely for the cause of the gospel. There's an amazing list in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians that reads, five times he received 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned and left for dead. And so much more. Yes, Paul really truly suffered persecution. Oh yes, he was sustained because God revealed himself to him in such amazing ways. But he hung in there and kept going forward with the good news. So Harry joined Paul in filling up in your flesh, in your body, what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. Hey, not at all meaning that Christ's death was insufficient in dealing with humanity's sin. But rather, when it comes to spreading the gospel and building up the church, people will so often experience some degree of suffering or at least some degree of hardship. It's been that way since the church began and continues to be that way throughout much of your world. So Harry, be willing to suffer or at the very least endure some inconvenience or hardship for the, for the cause of Christ's church. It is a great, great cause. In fact, Harry, it's your creator's great cause. Now in verses 25 and 26 we read, I have become its servant, right Paul, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. And then he spells out what this fullness is. It's the mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations. Yes, written much about in the Old Testament and finally fulfilled in the New, in the coming of Christ. Yes, it's been disclosed now to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. This is no longer just a Jewish thing. The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Harry, keep reminding yourself and others that Christ lives in you and that he is our hope. There are many mysteries spoken about in the Bible, but the mystery, and by mystery, I mean something that was once hidden but now made known. And that mystery mentioned in this passage is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, Christ lives in you now, right now, by his Holy Spirit, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your gender. And it's his presence in you that gives you life. It's what changes you. It's what encourages you. It's what sustains you. Furthermore, Christ in you is your hope. It's the hope of glory. Glory is what will belong to every believer in heaven. 
Glory is what will belong to every believer in heaven. The glory of having a body just like Christ's glorious body. The glory of having... (laughs) The glory of being with Christ forever. He is your destiny. We've just sung about that. The glory of living in an atmosphere that works as it should. The new heavens and new earth where everything functions as it should. It's the home of righteousness. That's why the gospel is such good news, both now and forevermore. Harry, keep reminding yourself and others that Christ lives in you and that he is your hope. In verse 28 we read, and this should be our memory verse for this week. Dave's been encouraging us to memorize portions of this letter, and I think this is the key verse in this passage. He is the one we proclaim, that is Jesus, admonishing, teaching, and everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So Harry, point people to Jesus every way possible and do, then do what you can. Then do what you can to help them to become fully mature. That is our mission as a church. Harry, this is what I always want you to be about. The message you and your fellow believers have to share with others is not first and foremost a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a program. It's a person. A person who can change lives. So keep pointing people to Jesus and then do your part in helping the body of Christ to understand all that Christ has done for them and is doing and will do so that they will be motivated to do the things they need to do for their own spiritual development. Harry Summit Drive's mission statement reads, Developing Caring, Passionate Followers of Jesus Christ. That's what really matters to me. Settle for nothing less. Harry, the Apostle Paul was very upfront in telling the churches what his agenda was. Make sure you do the same. Verse 29. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. Harry, do the hard work of ministry with the strength Christ provides. Developing mature believers is never an easy task. It often takes a lot of hard work. Just ask anyone who's trying to disciple children here this morning or youth on Tuesday or Wednesday or all you Bible study leaders who are hosting small groups. We're in the business of developing passionate, caring disciples and it's never easy. It takes work. It takes much prayer. But keep in mind that I'm asking you and all your fellow believers to do this with the strength that I provide. You're never on your own. It's never up to simply your own resources. Now in chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writes, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. And he's talking about prayer now. And for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally, Harry, never forget to do the hard work of prayer. Like Paul, you cannot always be with everyone at all the times, but you can pray for people at all times. As you well know, prayer demands that you set a time aside to do it. 
And as you know, Harry, it takes time and focus and energy to stay focused in prayer. It's never really easy. Just as Paul talks about later in his letter about a good friend of his by the name of Epaphras, who's who's said to be wrestling in prayer for all the saints. That sounds like it takes a bit of effort, doesn't it? Friends, we need to wrestle in prayer for one another. Furthermore, Harry, I do not need to remind you that all disciple-making takes place in the context of spiritual warfare. The enemy of our souls and even our own sinful nature, so often works against what I'm wanting to do in people's lives. You need prayer, and so the day. So keep doing the hard work of prayer. And now if we want to know what to pray about, we need to look at this next passage. My goal, Paul writes, is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God. And here's the essence of it. It's Jesus, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may be deceived, may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Harry, pray specifically that all believers would be encouraged in the depths of their being and united in love, and that they would have a growing knowledge of Jesus. Yes, pray for every believer you know that they would grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ. For Jesus is the essence of the mystery, that which was once hidden but now has been revealed. Yes, he is the one you were created for and in whom you you will find all the wisdom and knowledge you will ever need to prosper spiritually. Look nowhere else, for he is living within you, providing you with strength and everything you need to prosper spiritually. And Harry, the deeper you grow in your relationship to him, in your knowledge of Christ, the less likely it will be that you'll be deceived by some false teaching. God forbid that you should ever try to seek to establish a relationship with God apart from what Christ has done for you. So keep doing the hard work of praying for the church and most certainly pray that every believer would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Be assured, it is time well spent. And now in chapter two, we wrap up here. For though I'm absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Harry, learn to delight in things that really matter most. Yes, like genuine faith. Yes, I want you to be like my servant Paul who so delighted in the church at Colossae when he heard about their disciplined lifestyle and the strong and firm faith they had in Christ. Yes, Delight in the things that really, really matter. This morning, I I was with uh, Larry Otto for a little bit. And Larry was delighting in trunk or treat. And he was delighting in it because, well, it was a lot of fun. He kept saying they had so much fun out there. But it represented love, and it represented light and goodness. And he was delighting in that. And I, I actually walked the strip there early in the evening and just saw 
how much fun people were having caring for kids and connecting with this people of this community. That's a wonderful thing. Several weeks ago, we had a young man in our church who's a woodworker and a highly skilled woodworker, and he developed, he, he made this beautiful coffee table over here, and if, you, if you're a woodworker, please come and see it later. It's, it's just a work of art. And he actually gave it to the missions committee so that they could auction it off and raise funds for their Mexico mission. I heard people delighting in this beautiful gift to the church. It's wonderful to delight in things that really, really matter. You know, this time of year, uh, so many of us who are hockey fans and Canuck fans, I mean, we've been suffering 50 years without a Stanley Cup. And this team is looking pretty good, aren't they, Anthony? Yeah. And it's fun to talk about stuff like that, but you know what? That ultimately doesn't matter. (laughs) We need to really be rejoicing first and foremost in the things that really, truly matter. (laughs) Let me conclude. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I really believe that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, which is all of us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when I read the scriptures, when I study the scriptures, I always expect to be taught something. Um, I expect to be put in my place. I don't know how you put it the other day, Dave, the other day, away when you, you're talking about what scriptures, if it doesn't confront you, then you're not really reading the scriptures because the scriptures confront us. And, and that's good for us. It's good to be confronted. You know, when I read the scriptures, I expect to be trained in, in how I should be thinking or how I should be acting. And most obviously, I expect to be equipped to do something good. And in this passage of scripture before us this morning, I hope you heard God speaking to you. As I looked at this passage, I I was most certainly reminded, maybe profoundly reminded, to keep Jesus Christ front and center in all I think and in all I do. The Bible says, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And in my words, keep Jesus Christ front and center. Because keeping Christ front and center will enable me to partner with him in ministry. Yes, building up his church. Yes, keeping Christ front and center so that I can live with the hope that he offers me. Boy, does he offer us hope. We had a celebration of life here yesterday for our Murray Crowsher, and it was a service that was just infiltrated with hope. Yes, keep Christ front and center so we can all stay on the path of becoming fully mature disciples. Yes, keep Christ front and center so that we can all draw on all the wisdom and knowledge that he's offering us. We don't have to look elsewhere for our spiritual well-being. Yes, keep Christ front and center so that we'll not be easily deceived by false teaching. Friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have every reason to keep Christ front and center in all we think and in all we do. Amen.